And basically that um, semen is only made of actually 5% of sperm, um, which is a tiny amount, which makes sense why some women have a hard time getting pregnant. Um, But there's this protein in semen that does cause ovulation, uh, and it could be one of the reasons why it's, again, hard for women to, to get pregnant, because... They assume they're ovulating on this day because their period is, or their cycle is this long and their period is expected this day. Um, So they don't listen to their bodies and they don't pay attention to the signs. And if I weren't super familiar with my body, I wouldn't have known and I probably wouldn't have had as much sex and I wouldn't be pregnant right now. But because I was listening to my body, I saw that egg white cervical mucus and I knew that meant I was in my fertile window and I told my husband, so we got busy and sure enough, I found out uh, probably a week after um, ovulation that I was pregnant. So even though most of the websites they don't test for like um, 10 days, I think is the recommended amount of time post ovulation because it takes a while for the egg to implant and um, HCG has to build up and it doubles every day and whatnot. So I took one a little too early. I took it on the 4th and I do believe my actual ovulation was on the 30th of August. So I took a test on the 4th and it was negative. And then I took one two days later um, from the 99 cent store and it was positive. So I took one the next morning, one of my clear blue ones, and it was positive. But those two were extremely faint positives. Uh, like my husband saw a picture on my phone, and he was like, oh yeah, that's negative. And I'm like, eh, actually, that's positive. Um, so we ended up making a bet about it, and I had to go buy some more pregnancy tests. And So now he owes me a date because I am pregnant and he lost. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um... For all those women out there who are trying to get pregnant, I would just say, listen to your body. Trust your body. Because just because some app or two apps or your temperature even tells you certain things, nothing speaks more loud than your cervical mucus. Um, So pay attention to that. And when it's like super clear and sticky and reminds you of egg whites, then have a bunch of sex as much as you can Uh, and hopefully that'll help you get pregnant Um, so the next topic I want to cover today um, is kind of a surprising one for me and I've noticed it more and more lately and it's kind of upsetting Um, so I I don't go on Twitter a lot and I don't follow a lot of uh, I guess celebrity stories But these two popped up on my Facebook, and I ended up reading them. And the first one is about Kate Hudson. And I think she did an article for Cosmopolitan or something along those lines, and filled out a questionnaire. And one of the questions was, um, when was your laziest moment? And she filled it in and wrote, having a C-section. And apparently there was uproar from all these C-section moms who told her things along the lines of, like, it wasn't lazy, it was necessity, like, basically talking about their own stories. 
um, and what C-section meant to them, but they really didn't listen to what C-section meant to Kate Hudson. So I, I read up a little bit on it, and Kate Hudson, I guess, um, well, she's a celebrity, obviously, so she ended up going to a hospital, and she gets followed by paparazzi, and she was having a really slow labor, and the doctors basically told her to go home and labor through it, and she didn't want to go home because she didn't want to avoid the paparazzi while in labor and then have to avoid them on the way back, and it was just a mess for her, and she was really defeated at that point, so she chose, and she asked for a C-section. I don't think there is any shame in that, and I am a mother who's given natural birth, no drugs, twice, but that doesn't mean I can't support other women's decisions, and I can't promote a go-girl life, and that's what I kind of I've been getting all this negativity from all these people, all these moms and women especially, and I want to, to stop that. Um, Kate Hudson didn't do anything wrong. Yes, she didn't, ha- she didn't need to have a C-section. So she's not what some of those Twitter moms are saying, oh, is that a necessity? No, for her it wasn't. For her, she is admitting it was 100% out of laziness. But that doesn't make her wrong, and it doesn't make her a bad mom. It makes her lazy in that moment, defeated. And I know if any woman out there has ever been through labor, you've felt defeated at one point or another. If you have been through pregnancy, you have felt de- you've felt defeated at one point or another. Breastfeeding, even with a crying baby at some point, you have felt defeated at one point or another. So don't turn around and shame somebody else for it. You should say, you go girl. You should be happy for her. You should at least acknowledge that she's admitting that it was a lazy decision. It wasn't based on her baby. It wasn't based on her needs or anything the doctor told her. She did it out of laziness and she's admitting that. And I think more of us women should stand up and tell the truth and admit how they're feeling and the reasons why they do things. And you know what, I really do say you go girl to Kate Hudson because, you know, she's honest. And I think that's an admirable trait these days. And another one that kind of surprised me that's causing uproar is Kate Middleton and her third pregnancy. She's gotten um, a lot of Twitter haters in the past Um, social media haters in general for apparently being a big baby about um, pregnancy because she's had to go to the hospital for morning sickness Um, and now she's having a third child it's two years after she had her last child and people are basically calling her a conveyor belt and the babies are just flying out of her and hey you should take some time in between and um Again, like, who are we to judge anybody else? And why? I'm on my third baby. My first one, I think in between first and second, it's like three and a half years. In between my second and third now, by birth, it'll be about two and a half years. Uh, But I've had friends who have had babies immediately after other babies. 
I've had friends who have waited five to ten years in between babies. I'm not judging them, and neither should anybody else. It really is important that as moms we stand together because we're facing so many people who don't understand what we're going through and what we've been through and where we want to go and anything about our lives. It's realistically, we have allies and our allies should be other women. And yeah, I think that our, our allies should be men as well. And anybody, everybody. But realistically, our only allies right now are other women. And I think we, we need to be there for each other. Stop putting Kate Middle down because she wants to make babies with her hot husband. Honestly, I'd make babies with him. Like, come on. And she can. She can afford it, so don't judge her for it. And even if she couldn't afford it, if it's what she really wanted, let her have that. And if she gets sick this time, let her have that. She's going through enough. My Both of my first pregnancies, I was sick from basically like the week I found out until birth and not sick nauseous like someone gets sick vomiting every single day sick vomiting to the point where my belly was so big that I peed every time I vomited like that's my sickness so I have sympathy for Kate Middleton and what she's been through like she has it rough enough We should be there helping her. We should be there promoting her and telling her, you go, girl. Because it's not easy. Pregnancy isn't easy. Being a mother isn't easy. So why are we making it harder by attacking each other? Let's just accept each other and be there for each other and listen. And trust me, I'm not perfect. I don't think that I've gone one day without judging somebody. But I am actively trying to be a better person and I am actively trying to not shame. And I think I've shamed once on Twitter because, again, I don't go on there and I wanted to see if it would get attention and it did. And I understand that this day of age, negativity gets way more attention than positivity. But let's not be those people. Let's be the people who get... like give out positivity and get attention for that or if we don't get attention at least we feel good about ourselves and about our decisions let's let's just start this new trend where you go girl is our slogan and we just we do it we support each other we listen to each other we have sympathy for each other and we acknowledge that maybe what somebody else is going through is completely different than what we are but that doesn't make it wrong. So that's my speech for today. <laughs> um, I, I want to go into a little bit about what pregnancy brain is going to offer. Um, I don't want to be the only one talking. I, I think I'm annoying enough. So <laughs> I want to spare you guys from 45 minutes a week of that. Um, I want to have some fertility stories and struggles. I want to have pregnancy journeys. I'd like to have birth stories and struggles. Um, Postpartum is incredibly important and I want to have um, a lot about postpartum and breastfeeding and even postpartum depression and I want um, I want to have moms on here who can talk 
about the hardships they had or the weird things that they experienced. I want this to be a place, like an open forum, where women learn about certain things. Um, and I know I don't have all the experience in the world. I only had two babies, so I can only tell you what I went through. But I think it's important to um, kind of hear about the things that we don't always read about or we can't always read about. And I know that's not going to be from a med medical standpoint. Um, it is going to be more from an experience-based standpoint, but I think that's important. Um, if you've ever watched the movie The Business of Being Born, you'll kind of understand why I think it's important to get the experience-based as opposed to medical-based all the time. And by no means am I telling you not to listen to your doctor, but um, don't think your doctor is the be-all, end-all. Try to listen to your body as much as you can. You're the only one experiencing what you're experiencing at the time you're experiencing it. So um, that really is important, and I think it means a lot. Um, so if you do have those stories or anything you want to share about motherhood, fertility, pregnancy, postpartum, breastfeeding, um, any of that stuff, you can send us an email. Um, our email is pregnancybrainpodcast at gmail.com, pregnancybrainpodcast at gmail.com, and um, I, I will at some point talk about my um, pregnancy stories, my pregnancy journeys, and my birth stories, and my postpartums, um, but today I want to elaborate a little bit on my first pregnancy, which ended in a miscarriage. Um, just one of those things where I kind of listened to my body, but didn't have any proof of anything. Um, and I'm not sure if everybody knows this about me, so if I have friends or family listening, surprise. Um, but when I was about 18 years old, I did have a miscarriage. Um, I... I remember it was um, like March 19th-ish, March 16th-ish when I probably got pregnant and it was um, around the probably mid-April to the end of April when I started feeling different. Um, I felt like I was pregnant. I felt like something was going on in my body. And so I took pregnancy tests, and you know how you obsess over pregnancy, so you take like eight pregnancy tests. Even if they say negative, you're like, no, I'm pregnant. Um, I'm going to take more. Um, so I did. I, I ended up taking a lot of pregnancy tests, and not one of them gave me a positive. And so I lived my life kind of like normal, and I had a lot of stress at the time. I had just lost my car. Um, and so I was walking to my job and I worked this crappy gym. So I had a two hour lunch break and I would go down to the beach and like write poetry. Uh, and I wish I knew where the, the poetry was that I wrote at the time because I know it was really sad and it was really touching. Um, and it was about the life growing inside of me that I didn't actually have proof existed. Um, 
but I didn't, I didn't even tell the father. I was in, in a relationship with the guy. He was the guy I lost my virginity to. Um, I'm pretty sure he had a girlfriend at that time. Yeah, I was a great kid. <laughs> uh, Judgment-free ju- zone, guys. Um, so I was kind of dealing with it on my own. I think I told maybe my best friend. And one night I was with my best friend and my roommate. We were at a restaurant. I think we ate dinner and then went to the grocery store afterwards. And um, I was... I felt sick. I I can't remember exactly. It's been 10 years. But I felt sick. I felt nauseous. Um, I ran to the bathroom and I started getting cramps. And I've never had period cramps. So I didn't know kind of what was going on. Um, But I was not feeling well at all. So I I was in fetal position on the bathroom floor in the Vons, and I called my friend, who was the only mom friend I had at the time, and she came and picked me up from Vons, and I spent the night on her couch, and I ended up um, gushing blood that night. Uh, There were clots in it, it was a bright red, it was basically a period, but a lot heavier and more painful. I kind of dealt with it that night and assumed I was having a miscarriage, even though I still didn't have any proof that I was actually pregnant, but my periods are usually like four to five days long, very light, um, really not anything to worry about, never painful. So this one lasted about seven to ten days. Um, It was very heavy. There were a lot of clots. It was painful the whole time. So, um, I, I, I don't know. I just assumed it was a miscarriage. Didn't know I had to do anything about it, like a DNC. I I didn't know what that was. I was 18, so I, I just moved on. And I kind of struggled a little bit in some depression, but it wasn't like the, I no longer had fun, um, I'm gonna stay in bed all day kind of depression. It was more like, I don't know if I can have kids. Um, I don't want to be around kids. I don't want to hold a baby because it makes me sad kind of depression. So I I started having some brown discharge, some really dark brown discharge for months following that bloody session. And I had periods on and off, but sometimes it was just brown discharge, and I had never had that before. And I'm pretty, like, knowledgeable and experienced with my own body, so usually, like, if it's something new, I freak out about it. And I did. I went to Planned Parenthood. Um, I tried to get them to do an internal exam, and they wouldn't do it, so I had to make an appointment somewhere. And I made an appointment at this woman's clinic, and that was terrifying. Um, So I went with a couple of friends, and I was in there, and the lady was like, oh, well, let me check you to see if you're pregnant, um, based on my cervix. And so she puts her hand on me, and immediately says, where's your uterus? 
and I didn't answer. Obviously, I don't know where my uterus is. Like, I can't put my whole hand up there and tell you what's what. I can just say it feels weird. Like, that was weird coming from a doctor or a nurse or just a woman with her hand up my vagina. Um, and my friends were like, what? So we were all kind of confused, and I was pretty upset. And then she's like, well, let me get the ultrasound machine. And I'm like, okay, you do that. So she comes in with an ultrasound machine, and she didn't say a word. She just looked at the screen like, what am I looking at? And wouldn't tell me a thing. Like, I had no clue what what was going on in there. She didn't tell me. She didn't, like, nothing. So that was freaky. And then she's like, oh, let me give you a blood test. That's more definitive. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So it comes back negative. I'm not pregnant, which wasn't surprising, but it still didn't give me any answer for my brown discharge for months. So I made an appointment with Planned Parenthood for an internal exam in a different city, and they actually did it. And she's checking around in me, and she's like, oh, have you had a miscarriage? And I was like, well, I mean, I didn't get a positive pregnancy test, but I'm pretty sure I did. And she's like, yeah, it looks like your body is just taking some time to flush, um, flush out your uterus. And I was like, okay, well, you know, there's my answer. Now, leaving there, I felt a little bit better because I had proof that I wasn't crazy. That's what I experienced. But I was a little more sad because I'm like, okay, so that is what I experienced. I've experienced a loss and I don't know why. And I don't have an answer as to what happened or if it was a boy or a girl or how how I was going to recover from that. I was at the time then I was 19 and I was like I just the future seemed so unsure. I started assuming that I was infertile. Um I assumed that the pregnancy was ectopic, which is why I felt so much um, in such a short period of time, which is why I got a negative pregnancy test, which is why my body decided to abort it. Um, and I started to think that maybe it, I couldn't have kids. Um, after the whole where's your uterus incident, I just assumed that something was wrong and that I wouldn't be able to share my life with children and that made me really sad because I've jumped around between pretty much every job possible as far as what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, a marine biologist, an FBI agent, a homicide detective, a, a, a dancer, a singer, an actress, a model, literally everything you can think of. But the one constant was that I wanted like a million babies. I come from a family of six, and I wanted to one-up my mom and have seven, and I started to feel all that kind of just disappear, and I'm a bit emotional because I'm pregnant, <laughs> so if I cry, I apologize, but um, it was a really hard time for me, and losing a child is never easy, I can promise you that, even if it was just six weeks or earlier. And uh, so I went the next couple of years just assuming 
the worst and I moved at some point I had a really low low in my life and I moved with my sister to Virginia and I had written down all these things that I wanted to accomplish by being in Virginia and one of them was that I wanted to go see a fertility specialist and get my answer you know see if I could turn everything around and I could get pregnant and things would be normal for me um, so I uh, it was on my list but unfortunately I never got around to it um, it was before Obamacare so I didn't have insurance back then and it, fertility specialists are freaking expensive like ridiculously expensive so that never happened but um when I was, it was 2011 when I moved back to California, and um, that's when my real life started. Um, and there's a pregnancy story there that I want to get to at another date. Um, but I did, at that point, I had felt a little bit better about myself. Um, I took the time in Virginia to get out of debt and... Um, learn about myself a little bit try to love myself and for those of you who are young and listening to this podcast I think I've said that since I was young um, there's a quote on my high school video class um, of me saying that I don't think you can fall in love until you truly love yourself and I think that is 100% accurate even to this day so Virginia was basically my year to figure out how to love myself and so I did my own therapy and I painted. Um, I had my, my sister's boyfriend at the time had these big weird blocks of like particle wood. And um, I took them and I, there was like maybe six and I painted little babies on them. Uh, it was really therapeutic for me. One of them was like sleeping on a cloud um, and that it was like all negative space kind of stuff. So that one had blue. Um, then there was one with like two hands holding little baby feet, um, in the shape of a heart kind of, and that one was red and there was a yellow one, um, with a little baby, um, girl cause she had a little diaper hanging out of her dress, just kind of crawling away. That one was yellow. Um, I know it. I know there were more. Oh, one was just me basically being pregnant um, with this big old belly. I think that one was pink. Um, I want to say there were more, but I can't really remember. I'm sure I could find a picture and post it on our Instagram. Um, our Instagram is Pregnancy Brain, so just search that. Um, this podcast is brand new, so it doesn't have any followers right now. <laughs> um, but I'll be sharing a lot of, hopefully cute things on that Instagram with a, I've got some pregnancy test pictures to show um, on how the HCG literally doubles every single day um, and some cute other pictures and I'll post um, hopefully links to other people's Instagram who share their stories on here so it'll be a nice way for mothers to get uh, acquainted with each other and follow each other. Um, and even in contact, if you have questions, um, feel free to ask them on Pregnancy Brain, and I'll do my best to answer them on my podcast. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's about it for today.
I had a blast recording this. I hope you had just as much fun listening to it. Um, and the next podcast I do will come out next week, and hopefully it'll be one of my pregnancy stories along with maybe someone else's. Um, so just let me know what, what you guys want to share and what you want to hear and what you want me to talk about. Um, and we can start recording more in-depth um, issues and positive things. So um, my takeaways from today, if you're trying to get pregnant, pay attention to your cervical mucus because induced ovulation happens. Um, boost up other women. Don't bring each other down. This is a you-go-girl time that we need to start. And watch the birth of be- or the business of being born if you haven't already. It's an incredible movie and it will change your view on things. Um, and if you are pregnant right now, congratulations. And I would say instead of researching everything going on at the moment right now, embrace it and research things that happen post baby that's what nobody talks about (laughs) um so that's it for now and i'll talk to you guys later